the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And chances are, uh, if you're in Milwaukee, you're probably not going to listen to today's show because you're still passed out from partying your ass off last night as the Milwaukee Bucks just continue to defy my Phoenix Suns selections. What an epic collapse by Chris Paul and company, but congrats to Giannis and his teammates uh, securing their first title in 50 years, Lundy. So hat tip to them. And now the focus entirely on the upcoming NFL season. And DraftKings right now has some really creative team special props that are out there. You can go there at DraftKings Sportsbook and just go team by team. And uh, there's at least a half dozen that are attached to every single squad in the NFL. And uh, we're going to go through some of those as the days mount up here and we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season. And I found one this morning, which I thought was very fascinating here, Lundy, and one I think that's entirely achievable. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, all three of these have got to cash in order for you to score a winning ticket. But I think it's uh, certainly a scenario on the table. Over on Dak Prescott, 32 and a half passing touchdowns. Over on CeeDee Lamb, 81 and a half receptions. And over on Zeke Elliott, 1,500.5 rushing and receiving combined yards. Uno, dos, trace that triumvirate hits. It's plus 650. Now, I went to look at some of the esteemed prognosticators uh, in the fantasy football universe and see what they had in terms of their projections. Mike Clay at ESPN's got Dak for 31 passing touchdowns, Lamb for 85 catches, and Zeke for 1,522 yards combined. So two of the three hit there. Jeff Ratcliffe, uh, a wee bit more conservative. Uh, He's under on everything. Uh, 30 passing touchdowns, 75 receptions for Lamb, and 1,494 total yards for Zeke. But, again, with a rickety defense uh, and a team that's going to pile up the points, you know, I think Dak is going to be the, the toughest one to hit the over on, but I think he'd get to 33, 34 passing touchdowns in an MVP caliber season. And I think Lamb is a windmill slam dunk on the over. And I think Zeke, if you can guarantee me 16 out of 17 games this year, I think he could certainly cross the 1,500 combined yards threshold. So are you feeling me? You like this wager at plus 650? What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm never feeling you. Don't ever go down that road. <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, this is what this is what's funny to me about this one, Brad. Uh, sports betting is not yet legal in the state of Texas, but this is the sort of thing you would yeah. put together if you were just trying to get crazy drunk Dallas Cowboys fans to just start dropping bets there. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna destroy the NFC East. This is gonna be great. I'm actually uh, more inclined to go with Mr. Radcliffe here on this one. I I I, I think Dak finishes at like 30, 31. Maybe he gets over that number. I think Zeke's number is too high. Um, mm. I think that's too aggressive right now for him. Um, I, I, I think, is he capable of doing it? Absolutely. But I feel like his combined number, Brad, is going to be tucking right against this, but is going to wind up under. So for that reason, this one has me a little, 
little bit nervous. You and I both are really high on C.D. Lamb. Um, I think C.D. Lamb can get over that number by himself. That'd be a great individual prop to take advantage of. But I'm not sure if I'm willing to package all three of these together. All I got to do is see Zeke shirtless, and I think you'll reconsider. Uh, because a man is rocking some serious, like, eight-pack abs right now. So I got faith in Zeke. Again, Dak is the one that I'm most concerned about. But if you want to get it on that wager, go lock it in right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. And with that, let's get to it on this hump edition of the pod with another fade five number five all right stick with the nfl theme uh let's check out another player prop uh for season long devices uh that we're going to get an opinion on the over the under on and this one is our poll question today here on the faith that always podcast and go to my twitter feed at noisy right now and submit your two cents on whether or not kenny galladay is going to go over 1000.5 receiving yards at minus 111 or under at minus 111 submit a comment and I will share the poll results and your commentary as well at the end of today's pod. Now, I pulled this one from BetMGM, Lundy, and I'm on the over here on the 1,000.5 receiving yards. Uh, for Galladay, the key here is just got to stay upright, got to stay healthy, got to stab off the injury amp. Uh, you know, in 2018, 15 games played, then with the Detroit Lions, 70 catches, 1,063 yards, and five touchdowns. In 2019, in 16 games with Detroit, 65 catches, 1,190 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And in that 2019 campaign, he was number seven in contested catch rate, uh, was one of the pack leaders in total air yards. Uh, Of course, he had Matthew Stafford there. Now you go to Daniel Jones. That's a clear-cut downgrade, or is it? As Jones last season, even in a sophomore slump, was number one in deep ball passer rating among eligible quarterbacks last year. I don't think he's got a ton of competition for targets. I think it's going to be 120 plus. So, you know, you look at the prognosticators out there again. Clay, 1,071 receiving yards. Jeff Ratcliffe, Mr. Conservative at 971 with a projection on Galladay. So, again, I'm over on the 1,000.5. Lundy, are you with me? Fade or follow? I will follow. I know I was just talking about Jeff and his numbers uh, with uh, with the Cowboys, but I'm going to follow on this one. This one comes down to this. You talked about Daniel Jones and his deep ball rating, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the challenge, though. He was 21st in the NFL. He only had 49 attempts of more than 20 yards down the field. So he's got the ability to make it happen. They've just got to put him. Jason Garrett's got to put him into positions where he's going to actually throw the deep ball. And if he does... Kenny Galladay can go get it. I mean, he can he can get those contested passes. I'm convinced that he can. But they've got to be able to get him downfield, which means, A, you got to make those play calls. Garrett's got to do that with Jones. And, B, that offensive line, I don't know, I don't know Jim, uh, has got to be able to hold up. And part of the reason I mention that is because, if I'm not mistaken, Brad, right at the beginning of the season, I think the Giants have matchups against both Washington and Denver. Um, two two defenses that are going to challenge that offensive line early and often. But if they can give Jones time so that he can actually make more than just, you know, 45 or 50 attempts downfield, I think Galladay can benefit from it. And all you need uh, to be able to hit this number is for Galladay to pop 
in two or three games and then just be consistent in the rest and you're going to get up over a thousand. So I'm going to follow on this one. I do not think that Jeff needs to be as conservative with his number as he is, but uh, this is one of those that makes me uh, a little, uh, you know, Tony Romo falsetto in trying to see whether or not Jones can hold up behind that line. Oh, play that Kenny G smooth sax. It's going to be sex on the field with Galladay and Daniel Jones. Number four. All right, let's move on. As we discussed yesterday, the unfortunate news of Cam Akers tearing his Achilles, and he has already done so for the season before training camp even opened for the Los Angeles Rams. And now we are seeing some of the player props begin to populate for the next man up, Daryl Henderson, and the rush yards prop at DraftKings Sportsbook, 875.5, Lundy. I saw some other books that opened at 1,000.5, so quite the disparity there. Uh, I think this 875.5 number is too soft, and that's why I'm taking the over at minus 115, available at DraftKings Sportsbook. You look at Henderson last year, and more of a secondary role. Only had about one-third of the opportunity share for that Rammies team, uh, working in concert with Malcolm Brown, and later on in the season with the aforementioned Acres. Uh, last year, 2.70 yak per attempt. Eh. Kind of may, mediocre in that category, just a 15.9 missed tackle rate. But you look at this roster right now. There's a lot of unproven guys. Uh, Xavier Jones is interesting. Kid that put up 25 total touchdowns his senior year at SMU. Uh, he could play a nice little secondary role, but I don't think he's going to challenge Henderson for the lion's share of the touches. Jake Funk, great name. Maybe a little bit stinky overall, uh, but we'll see what he can do in training camp. A seventh-round rookie out of Maryland. Raymond uh, Calais, or no, Calais, excuse me. Raymond Calais. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name because I've never even heard of him until yesterday. Also on this roster. So, you know, you look at some of the projections that are out there. I've seen multiple guys in the fantasy football industry say that uh, Daryl Henderson is good for a thousand plus. I think that's a little aggressive, a little bullish, uh, but with limited stack fronts. No, he got Stafford. He got Woods. He got Cup. He got Tyler Higby there. I think it's to 876. I'll take that bet all day long. Fader follow that over 875.5 rush yards for Daryl Henderson. I like this uh, being a relatively soft number. This is all being set up, obviously, with the, you know, with the question mark of what the Rams do in terms of depth. You know, people brought up, oh, do you go get, you know, uh, uh, old man Adrian Peterson? Do you go Frank get you Gore? Know, <laughs> you go get older man Frank Gore. Right. Here's a name. I'll, by the way, here's a name I'll throw out there that wouldn't surprise me at all. Who's a free agent right now? Chris Thompson. Um, yeah, because Thompson was with McVeigh previously with Washington. Yeah. So there's some familiarity there. Better Thompson, pass catcher than Henderson. Exactly. Too. Thompson could be the pass catcher. But that still means going exactly back to your bet that we're doing here on the fade five. If it is somebody like Thompson that's being brought in to be a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield, that still means that bowling ball Daryl Henderson. Folks, he's five, eight two ten. He is a bowling ball. Yeah, OK, uh, but you bring in Thompson who McVeigh's already familiar with. And he could be your pass catching guy. He can he can go out there, which means it's not going to take away from Henderson on his rushing yard. So I agree with you. I would take this one. Um, please make sure, folks, that you shop around. Be smart, as Brad said. Some in some places, this number opened really big. Um, so go find some uh, like this with the 875 that gives you a buffer. Uh, but I think he can do this uh, as the bowling ball. It's all a matter of who they bring in as the number two, uh, because I don't think we're breaking out the funk uh, with this one. I think we got to find somebody <laughs> to back up Henderson that McVeigh can trust a little 
little bit more. And that's why I throw Thompson's name out there. But in purposes of this bet, I will follow. I think Henderson can get to 900. Roll with Henderson and score a strike. Number three. All right, sticking with the rush yards team, let's apply it now to the quarterback position and a guy that is a clear front runner in my mind anyway, uh, even at 16 to 1 odds uh, to win the NFL MVP. That is Lamar Action Jackson. And the number right now, pulled this one from BetMGM, 950.5 rush yards. And Lundy, surprisingly, I'm taking the under on this one. Now, you look at what Jackson has done the last couple of seasons as the main man for this Baltimore Ravens club. 1,206 rush yards last year, 1,005. So his attempts shaved off a little bit. You know, a couple of years ago, it was 11.7 attempts per game. Last season, 10.6 attempts per game. Knowing that Greg Roman wants to throw the ball more. He's been very vocal about this this entire offseason. This is why they added Rashad Bateman to go along with uh, downtown Yuma Brown because he hasn't really earned the Hollywood nickname. Uh, and Mark Andrews, it could be more of a pocket emphasis for Jackson this season. I'm not going to say, you know, he's not going to run. He's the most dynamic runner in the NFL in the open field. But I think 950.5 is a wee bit too aggressive overall. Uh, I Also, keep in mind, too, he's missed at least one game in each of the last couple of years. And, again, using our friends, Mike Lady, ESPN, Jeff Ratcliffe, the Jeff Ratcliffe Show on SiriusXM Fantasy, they're – predictions clay's got it for 869 ratcliffe at 920 so both of them comfortably under here and uh, i think that's where it's going to wind up in that 900 to 925 range for lamar jackson rush yards when it's all said and done so fade or follow under lamar jackson 950.5 rush yards at minus 111 fade or follow I will follow yet again. I like this one. We're in lockstep on it. I, I I think he finishes at about 900. You know, you sit back, figure this guy can average, what, 52, 53 a game across a 17-game season. They want to be able to back him down a little bit. Will he pop above that? Yes, of course he will. He will have some games where he can scamper and grab 28 on a single run. But I also think that he's going to have more time in that pocket. They're going to try to make him pass more. They've got the weapons that they've built around him, and they've also put themselves in a position of having a pretty damn solid backfield, Brad. I mean, not that they haven't had that backfield before, but it is a good backfield. And I think they can take advantage of both him throwing the ball down the field and turning, handing off, let's go student body left, student body right, keep the ball on the ground, uh, eat up clock, which they can do with a really solid defense. So I think he stays below this. I think he finishes right about 900, and we're cashing a ticket at the end of the season. Stick around for my top plays in Major League Baseball. And of course... Bonus time! Number two. All right, let's get to the diamond here, Lundy. We got a few day games, and we got quite a few in the evening as well. Let's talk about one of the best rivalries in Major League Baseball, Cubs and Cardinals. And Chris Bryant got pulled out of the game last night. Everybody goes, well, that's it. Uh, He's done as a Cub. He's gone. He's been traded. No, it was uh, right hamstring fatigue which is kind of my life story. I roll out of bed uh, in my early 40s, and I always have hamstring fatigue. It never really goes away, and I feel like it's going to be in a perpetuity. I'm going to be struggling with hamstring fatigue. Get a masseuse, KB. Anyway, uh, Cubs in St. Louis to face those Cardinals. I'm taking the under on the Northsiders on the three-and-a-half runs at plus 105. you got the Cubs on the road this season. Uh, not so pretty. 659 OPS uh, in 10 games this season against the Lou. They have gone under exactly half of the time. Five out of the 10 times under this three and a half number. Again, we don't know if Brian's going to be in the lineup due to the hamstring fatigue. And you look at Adam Wainwright on the bump, a guy that has been 
really an ageless wonder for this Cardinals rotation this season. Last time he faced the Cubs at home on May 23rd, eight innings pitch, one hit allowed, zero earned and seven strikeouts. Uh, he's given up three earned runs or fewer in some of his last eight starts. And at home, that's where the heart is and where the numbers are spectacular for him there at Bush Stadium. A 2.84 home ERA. So pulled all together. I know the Cubs are a bunch of free swingers as well. Now, maybe Brian does get traded before the game. Who the heck knows? But I'm on the under. Three and a half total runs for the Cubbies, plus 105 in St. Louis. Fade or follow. I will fade you on this mm. one, my friend. I mm. do not think they wind up winning the game, but I think they can put four runs up on the board. And in fact, they've only gone under this three and a half once in their last five games. Uh, now, I understand there were some matchups against, against what, Arizona in there, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I understand. A little different competition. Uh, but I actually think the Cubs will uh, go over this number. So I am going to fade you, sir, despite Wainwright, despite the home, all the, all the, uh, all the numbers that you want to spout out at me i'm just going tyg my friend and i'm gonna go with the northsiders to get four runs probably gonna lose but i'll take, I'll take them with four with four runs by the way you you talked about uh, hamstring fatigue is just overall human body fatigue <laughs> thing because that to me is every damn morning this is why good sir we have coffee number one all right moving on uh, let's work into my top MLB play of the day. And uh, this one I pulled from BetMGM. Give me Garrett Richards of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think that's who he's playing. I don't even know who he's playing with. No, he's with Boston now. He's formerly with the Angels. Now he's with Boston. Doesn't matter. Richards, you fade him. I'm taking the over on three and a half earned runs against the Toronto Blue Jays at minus 111. You look at Richards in three turns of the rotation against the Jays this season. Four earned, two earned, four earned runs applied to his name. So he's been over in two with three. Uh, he is also uh, giving up a 6.55 home ERA. Now he's on the road, and oddly, uh, that's where the numbers have been better for him at 3.92. But he has been over this three and a half earned runs total in four of his last six starts. And Toronto at home, all they do is mash. Vladdy, Daddy, Junior, Bo Bichette, and company, 840 home OPS on the season. I think Richards gets blasted again. And that's why, again, I'm over three and a half earned runs, minus 111 for the Bose Sox starter. Fade or follow, Lundy? Follow, my friend. Yes. Earned runs galore. Uh, yes, I think this is uh, an easy one that we can uh, jump out, follow. I like him uh, to maybe not necessarily get the hook early, but I could see, you know, an earned run in the first, a couple in the third, and all of a sudden, bam, we hit the over on this one. So, yes, I like this. Uh, and, of course, I like the fact that uh, Toronto uh, at home taking care of business with uh, the names you already mentioned. Yeah, these guys are going to mash. Uh, no doubt about it. Let's mash on some bonus time where we actually score winning tickets. What you got for me? Well, we were just talking about the fact that I think that St. Louis is going to win the game, despite the fact that uh, I said that I would take the over uh, on the Cubs team total and fade you. But I'm going to put uh, a couple of home teams together that I think have the opportunity to get the job done. So let me take the aforementioned St. Louis Cardinals. I'm going to pair them up on a two-leg parlay. Money line straight. That's it. Just money line with the Chicago White Sox. Ooh. Yes, I will fade one Chicago team and follow the other. If I put them both together on the money line, I grab myself a plus 204 this morning, my good man. So, yes, with so many day 
games today. Was trying to find a couple at night that I liked that we could take advantage of on the pod in case you're listening to it a little later on in the day. And that's my single bonus time for today. Just one two-leg money liner. Oh, I'll double it up here with some of the action. Uh, let's go back to picking on poor Garrett Richards. And let's correlate, Lenny. Correlate. Give me Bo Bichette to get an RBI at plus 135 at MGM, Bo Bichette has hit safely in eight of his last nine games. He's batting 375 in eight career bats against Garrett Richards with a pair of RBIs. Uh, Luddy's hitting 349 over the last 30 days, and he's batting 442 against the Red Sox this season. So Bichette plus 135 to knock in a run. Elsewhere, give the Miami Marlins, who were embarrassed, what was it, 18-1? to Earlier this week against Washington, I'm going to take the over on three and a half runs at minus 140. Now, full disclosure, uh, the Marlins, uh, yeah, they've been sent to the cannery against the Nationals this season. Only been over three and a half runs one time and nine games played against their division rival. But Eric Fetty is on the mound for the Nats. If you know anything about him, uh, he gets pounded. He gets plowed. He gets steamrolled. An 8.31 ERA is what he has given up over his last 21 and two-thirds innings pitched. So I think Miami puts up at least four runs on the board. Poll results. Uh, we got 337 votes over or under Kenny Galladay and his new digs with the New York Giants. Uh, 1,000.5 receiving yards, minus 111 in either direction. And... Under is the winner-winner chicken dinner here at 56.7%. The over at 43.3%. Some comments. Uh, Tom Kresel says, easy over if he plays 15 games. Patrick Pucci says, team will be trailing most games. This is an easy accomplishment. And Jared Rodaver says, too much volume to not reach that number plus 17 games this season. Yeah, I agree with you, Jared. Uh, Tom and Patrick as well. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Faith of Noise podcast. Please follow Lenny on Twitter at Nate Lenny. Follow me there at Noisy Cuevas. Drop us a rating and a review, which kindly really helps our program out a ton. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.